Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. All right, praise the Lord. Shake a hand and you can be seated, and we're going to keep going with this. And uh, worship team, y'all don't go too far off, because uh, we're going to have an altar call. We, that song about the altar this morning just stirred me up and confirmed something for me, so... And I want us to gather around the altar in just a few minutes. Because uh, what I felt like the direction that God gave me is going to kind of take us in that direction already. And um, I'm telling you, folks, we are, God is marking us by the things that he's doing in our lives. I said he's marking us. And what I mean by that is there are things that God is doing that mark us, that, that totally, completely continue to write his plan for us uh, you know that that we live out of that and and it happened for it happened for Abraham it happened for Isaac it happened for so many people it's happened for me for you for many of you I talked to people last week that had testimonies after the service last week and they said listen you know uh, Ronnie and Marie would y'all stand up back there you see them she didn't know how to perform CPR but the Lord showed her how and he was basically dead, and she got on, on him and just started praying and letting the Lord lead her. And, uh, and look back there now. He looked like alive to me. Marked by the presence of God. Marked. Marked by the glory of God. Marked by it. And you need to hear these testimonies. There was a man here at the service last week, and I said, you know, we were talking about, and uh, we were talking about the fact of you know, we, we have to, to believe that God's Word that He's spoken to us is true even when we don't always see the immediate manifestation of it. We don't always... And, and we, we use the, I use the illustration about, well, listen, how many of you are saved? Well, you know you're saved, but you've never... And you're going to heaven, but you've never been to heaven. But yet it's a reality to you because it's in the Word of God and it's, a, it's real. And I had a guy come to me and he said, I know most... You know, you, this... You, and he wasn't weird at all. He said, I, I, the Lord took me to heaven. He said, I died. And, uh, and he said, I, what happened was, he said, I, I, I was a big table. And he said, I saw, I saw some people that I knew, and I saw, I hope I'm telling this exactly right, I'm trying to glean it all after service. And he said, and uh, I went to this big table, and Jesus was at the end, and he said, I started to walk toward the end of the table, and they stopped me and said, no, you can't come yet. You've got to go back. I've got more for you to do. And I think that was years ago based on what he told me. So, folks, I'm just saying there are things that are happening in our lives that are going to mark us. They're going to mark us. Young people, allow the things that God did to you last week uh, as you were at Dauphin Island and as you were uh, experiencing the presence of God, allow those to mark you. And, uh, you know, you, you, when things like that happen, you're never the same again. And uh, so we're marked for this next chapter. God's going to provide. He's going to take care of you. He's going to, he's going to give you example after example after example of, uh, of his manifestations in your life. But I'm telling you, we're being marked by God. And when I say marked, I mean set apart. Set, a, set apart. Set aside. And, and I know you've heard it probably, but I'm telling you, for such a time as this, for now, so strategic and so important, and uh, so, I, you know, I originally was not supposed to be here today in the plan, in the overall plan. I, 
I had already booked my ticket to, I was going to be in Africa. And uh, the Monday before we were supposed, we were supposed to left last Sunday, and the Monday before that, I came in, and I'd already, I'd had prayer group praying with me and people praying, and I just knew in my spirit something, you know, you got you to be sure. And, uh, and, and look, I was looking forward to it. Uh, I was looking forward to having a great time hanging out with the guys and just experiencing all of that. But I knew in my spirit I needed to, I needed to stay here. So I said, I got with the staff, I said, y'all check and make sure that I'll be able to, to, that my plane ticket will be able to, I'll be able to use it to go to Latvia or somewhere, uh, you know, uh, in August if I need to. I said, I don't want to lose that money. Uh, they checked on, they said, it's fine. But I knew in my spirit, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I had a sense in my spirit that part of it was because there are so many people in this body right now that I am aware of that are fighting so many battles, going through stuff. Now, I, Susan and I, we, we keep our fingers on the pulse of the church as best that we can because you guys are important to us. Uh, I don't preach from an ivory tower and rule and reign over my subjects. We're a family. This is, that's never been the DNA of this church. We are, we are family. We love y'all. And, uh, and I'm telling you, there's, there was, I knew, I knew not only on a corporate level, on a personal level, there's some things that I just needed to be here for. And uh, there, there was a couple of nights over the last few weeks that literally as battles were raging in people's lives. And I'm, when I'm talking about battles, I'm talking about life and death battles. That Susan and I are like, Jesus, we're just crying out. And, then, and in that moment, we begin to realize, boy, we love everybody so much and we're standing with everybody so much. But here's the ultimate bottom line on that. Yes, we are those who agree with you, who stand with you, who fight with you. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But Jesus did the work. We're not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Now, healing can throw, flow through us, but he is the healer. Because, listen, literally, we can't bear all that responsibility. Jesus already took it. But now we can be part of the process. And that's the great thing about being a part of a church that is a family. We have to battle just like you do. And uh, when you get attacked, we take it personally. And we keep our finger on the pulse of this church as best that we can. And uh, there are some people sitting here today who either you personally or you're watching online or you know somebody who has gone through some hard times. And I'm going to take just a few minutes to talk about some people who went through some hard times in Scripture, but who came out <clears throat> marked. They went through that chapter, but they came out marked for better chapters. Better chapters. And uh, life is spiritual warfare. And here's the thing I guess I'm trying to say, and just by way of introduction, it never works for us to fight alone. Spiritual health, strength, and victory are a community project. And God's ultimate goal, I want you to understand, I understand, you know, we labor for the Lord, and God, I'm, in God, I'm in the king's army, I, I get that. But God's ultimate goal is not a labor force or an army, it's a family. Amen. We are the family of God. I want you to just take a minute, look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, we're the family of God. So here's what I'm praying for you. We are the family of God. And so I, I just want you to know I'm praying for, 
an increase in godly partnerships. We have, you know, there's, there's, there's prayer groups all over this church. We have, God has really blessed our Wednesday night intercession group. We've, he's added to the, the, the partnerships there. But I'm praying for godly partnerships, for friendships, for fellowships to open up, and that God will uh, put people in our lives that uh, will be those who can be a two for us. How I many you know having a two is important? Where two or three shall agree as touching anything, there is power in agreement. Now, and let me say this. When we're walking through hard times and we're walking through battles and we're walking through situations, this is a word church. This is a worshiping church. This is a missions-minded church. This is a family church. We love our young people. We love our old people. And uh, when I say old people... Uh, I don't hardly know any because everybody that's in this church, no matter what age they are, to me, they're not old. Susan and I talk about that all the time. Ain't that right, Mama? <laughs> I got a mama right there in case you didn't know. But uh, I, don't, I don't remember what we were doing. Like, and it's something about senior citizens parking or senior citizens discount or something. And we, she looked at, each, at me and said, can you believe that that's us? I'm like, no, I refuse to go in and ask for the senior citizen discount. And bless the Lord, if you are waiting on me, you better not ask me if I'm available, if, if, if I'm eligible for it. Anyway, that's just me. But there are things that we don't understand that happen. I'll be the first to tell you. You do this as long as we've been doing it, and you'll see things that happen. When you're in a family and we stand on the word, we're a word church, we're a worshiping church, we're a faith church, we're all those things. So many, I don't, I had somebody a few years back say, well, what kind of, what, where, do you, where does your church fit? I, well, we're just a kingdom-minded church. That's all, we're, we're, we're about the kingdom of God. Uh, and there are things that I don't understand, just like there are things that happen that you don't understand. But here's what I want you to understand. Here's what, what, what I do want you to understand. I will never compromise the word just because I don't understand everything. I won't do it. We won't do it, and I know that's, I know that's what you, you... You wouldn't be here if you didn't want that. And uh, with all that we do know, there's always going to be things we don't know. The Bible says we know in part, <laughs> and we prophesy in part. So we still have to trust God, but there are some things that I do know. Hebrews chapter 4. I always, try to draw, I always try to draw the Old Testament and the New Testament together, whether it's an example or whether it's in characters or whoever it is. But Hebrews 4 says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. And you ought to underline this particular aspect of this verse. Let us hold fast our confession. I said, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want you to do me a favor and make you kind of remember it better. Just hold up your right hand. And say, hold fast. Hold fast. Boy, that is, that is so powerful. 
And as you hold fast, I want to remind you what this says. With confidence and boldness, we're able to draw near to the throne of grace. So even when we don't understand, even when we walk through times, and we're going to see in just a minute, Isaac was faced with famine. And even when we're faced with that, our confession needs to be stronger than our circumstances. Because life will hit you, it will attack you, and in that moment, I'm encouraging you, and again, I have to tell you, we have to walk through the same things. We, you know, we deal with life just like you do. In that moment, hold fast to your confession of faith. And here's the thing. If you can't confess anything else, confess the greatness of God. Because no matter what, you can always rest assured that He's great. His greatness is not diminished. Hold fast to your confession of faith of who your God is. And this is our anchor. Come on. I, look up here. This is our anchor. The Word is our anchor. The Word is our compass. The Word is our infallible guide. And the Word is our filter. Did you hear what I said? It is our filter. It is the way that I filter all the decisions, the way that we filter all of our decisions about, and listen, I know you can say, well, that's another area, whether it's business or whether it's finances or whether it's government or whether it's politics or whatever it is, this is my filter. It is not the way my, it, it's not who my parents were. It's not what our uh, environment I was raised in. It's not how I was taught to, to think growing up. That may have been good. It may have been bad. But I got news for you. When I got born again, when I came into the presence of God and He radically changed my life and I was able to sit under word teaching year after year after year after year, this became my filter for everything that I deal with in life. Would you give God praise for His word? Every bit of it. So, and I know that that is less and less uh, a characteristic of, of the church of our day, but it needs to be even stronger than ever before. So the Word is our compass, our filter, our guide. And listen, we sang about it, and yes, it is the wind of the Spirit, and it is the Spirit that puts the wind in our sails. But that is provided that our sails are up. I want you to do me another little favor, and just so you can kind of get involved with me a little bit, lift up that other hand if you got, and say, my sails are up. <laughs> what that means is we are open to the leadership, amen, and guidance of the Spirit of God for every aspect of our lives. <clears throat> and he said, he has promised us, you know, that, that, that rushing mighty wind, the sound of that rushing mighty wind that came on Pentecost is still available for us today. The wind is, of the Spirit is in, in our sails. And it is the Word, what's this, that keeps us from crashing on the rocks but the Word and the Spirit are both essential. Now, and all of us go through things. Everybody. But it's not always the thing I'm going through. It's how I think and speak about the thing that I'm going through. I was thinking about this Friday and Saturday as I really delved into this and I tried to uh, just get some direction, fresh direction from the Holy Spirit about what I felt like he was saying. And I had this sudden 
and I've quoted this so many times, but I never thought about emphasizing this particular aspect of 2 Corinthians. And watch this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And this is the part that stood out to me. Bringing every thought into captivity. And suddenly I realized it didn't say taking some thoughts into captivity. Taking a few thoughts into captivity. It said taking every thought into captivity. Now I'm going to tell you, you have to deal with, with your thought life just like we do, just like everybody else does. And you're going to have thoughts that are going to flash through your head. But here's what I'm saying. Ask the Holy Spirit anytime that happens to give you a wake-up call so that you do not develop thought patterns that are contrary to this filter. Every negative, every uh, uh, thought pattern that is contrary to the Word of God needs to be cast down, not part of them, all of them. Cast down every thought. Bring every thought into captivity. Take every thought. Run, here's what I said, run every pattern of thinking through the filter of the Word of God. Amen. And, if, and if, it's, if it's not in alignment with the Word, then my thinking's got to change. And I've got to think differently. So, But you know, the Bible is full of people who, who got marked for the next chapter of their lives. Watch this even as they experienced difficult times. There were things that happened during the difficulties. There were things that happened while they were walking through times that weren't always, uh, you know, kumbaya, you know, uh, la-la land. They, they, had to, they had to learn how to navigate those times, but yet, in the midst of that, some of the greatest things that ever happened to these Bible characters happened during that time, and it marked them for the next chapter. Helped them to navigate it. Well, Andrew was sharing this morning, and that was so good. You know, when we, we begin to, when we begin to, how do you know, how do you know if something is trying to totally capture you and keep you in a prison that is contrary to what God says? I'll tell you how you know worry and listen I'm telling you how I know this because I have to deal with it just like you do worry 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 how's this going to make and, and scenarios are going through your mind and not all of them are good ones in fact they're painting a picture of the enemy's plan instead of God's and you got to have this wake up call and you got to start thinking I'm going to cast down every negative imagination and I'm going to trust in God. Don't you worry about a thing, baby. Y'all knew that was coming. When he was saying it, man, that'll preach. I, thought, I told him after it was over, brother, I'm ready to go home. I done been preached to today. That is such good stuff. But I want to give, a, I, want to, I want to release a word for you, for all of those who've, who, who have been through hard times. Maybe you're in hard times, or you have somebody associated with you that you know is going through hard times. Isaac walked through hard times. He experienced hard times. Isaac sowed in famine. Genesis 26. Famine is a hard time. And when I say, a hard, when I say famine, during those days, famine went, meant was serious. 
you might die. And uh, the seeds that he planted in times of lack and the seeds that we plant in times of lack will bring maximum multiplication. He sowed in famine, and his seed, the word says, produced a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Famines are caused by drought. Watch this. But he sowed on the instructions of God in Genesis 26. He sowed during a time of famine on the instructions of God. When, when there's a famine, that means there's a drought. But watch this. The seed that he planted on the instructions of God defied natural order. It defied natural order because it was sown in faith. Listen to this. Faith is never subject to natural laws. Come on, church. I said faith is never subject to natural laws. Peace be still, storm. So, in Genesis 26, and here's, here's the tie-in I want to give you this, and I want to show you something. I believe, personally, that Genesis 26 was possible in Isaac's life because of what he had experienced in Genesis 22. Let me just, I won't, you know, so that for the sake of time, I won't read that whole story again. You, you know, I preached on it. But in Genesis 22, Abraham takes him to Mount Moriah and says to his servants, you wait here. The lad and I are going to go there and worship and we will return. Isaac heard this. But not only did Isaac hear this, Isaac was familiar with worship. The worship of his day. His father, his father had included him in the worship that he took place. How do you know that that took place? How do you know that? Because as they journeyed the mountain, Isaac looks around and says, Dad, now excuse me, that's modern version, or Papa or whatever, whatever his name was for him, Father, I see the wood, I see the fire, the altar, I see all of that, but where is the lamb? Listen, if we're going to have a generation that's going to carry the torch, God help us, of the gospel to those that are coming behind us, they need to be a part of the church and of the work of the kingdom. Can I get an amen in this house? Your children are important. Your grandchildren are important. The generations coming behind you are important. Isaac was included in that. And he got to witness, watch this, he got to witness firsthand the provision of Jehovah Jireh. Oh, if I could talk to every parent and every grandparent, I would, I would say, stop trying to diminish the moving of God's Spirit and the Word of God in the church in your children's life so that they can be more uh, accepted in culture. Listen, 
This is about eternity. This is about the call of God that is on their life. And yes, God will give them dreams that will impact culture, but make sure they are experiencing with you. And I just want you to know I'm in agreement with you. That seed you've sown in their lives, we sang about it this morning. I don't remember the exact wording of it, but that, there was a song when that was about your children. I'm going to tell you, the hand of God's on your children. The glory of God's on your children. You need to rejoice. You need to see them serving God fully. I'm telling you, the seed that you have sown during times of famine, even in your household, when it doesn't look like they're serving God, I call forth in Jesus' name a hundredfold harvest in their lives. Somebody say amen. And I believe that the reason that Isaac was able to go in Genesis 26 and in the midst of that, watch this. And again, I'm just going to tell you the story so I don't read through all that. You can follow the notes. But I believe that he was able to experience what happened in Genesis 26 because he had experienced firsthand the provision of God in Genesis 22. And so when God says, you know, there's going to be a famine, watch this. And on the instructions of the Holy Spirit, the instructions of the Lord, the Lord said, don't go down to Egypt. Now, that might have been a strategy one time, but not this time. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay here. Everybody look up here. During hard times, during difficult times, during seasons when everything is not going right, the decisions that you make are so important. Don't do something just because the world says do it or just because this person said do it. It is a time to hear from the Spirit of God. And spirit birth decisions will birth an abundant harvest. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay here. Tell him to stay here. And then the Lord told him to sow in that land during famine, during drought. And so he did, and I've already told you. He listened, he, he, him being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, well, I said it this way, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is essential to our breakthroughs. Amen. We need to hear from him. Now, let me go back. How many of you were here last week and heard my testimony about 74? Okay. If you don't, hadn't go back and listen to it. I'm not going to tell it all over again. But there was one aspect that I left off. I was talking with some of the staff just came by and said, yeah, your life was so interesting. <laughs> I said, yeah, it was. I said, God was, God was good to me even from a little boy. Uh, coal mining <laughs> town up there in the in the hills of Virginia, and uh, God, you know, God got me involved with with good people that kind of parented me and shepherded me and loved me. And uh, but during '74, when that happened, and I ran out of money, and the school told me you either got to pay the bill or you can't come back. I could have at that time and at that, like I, I told you last, at that particular point, Susan and I had broken up. We weren't, we're not dating. And so everybody was leaving for the summer and gone. I was by, my, by myself. And so I had a decision to make. I could have at that point said, all right, forget it. I'll just go back. But watch this. If I had, there are two very, very important divine connections that I would have probably missed in my life 
and I wouldn't be standing here today and I don't know where I'd be. First of all, we probably would have never got back together. Secondly, I would have never developed the relationship with Brother Dick that I did that caused me to end up here because all of that happened after that time. I'm just saying, God is good. Make your decisions spirit-led, spirit-birth decisions. And I'm telling you, some way, somehow, God will turn that thing around. And I'm so glad he did. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is essential to breakthroughs in our lives. Isaac went to that land and he sowed in famine. He sowed in the land that God showed him. He reaped a hundredfold. And the Bible says in that same year. Now it didn't just happen, you know, didn't just happen immediately. Sometimes things will happen immediately. But how many of you know sometimes they take time? I'll give you another testimony. And again, I, I go back. I'm not patting myself. That, I hope you all know my heart better than that. I, just, I can only tell you what I can tell you because it's happened to us. And, you know, I don't want all my testimonies to be from 1974. I mean, I, I want something from last week. I'm looking forward to some more in the next few weeks. How about you? I was one Sunday morning, and this was at the, I want to say, Susan, it was probably 2020. Uh, we had sold our house and moved into an apartment and bought some land. Okay? Well, the land we bought, initially bought, wasn't going to work. So, we had to put it up for sale, and there was, there was money going out. Have, have you ever, anybody ever get, you get out there, and you get in a place, and for a while there's, there's more going out than there is coming in? Okay, and anytime you start, listen, I'm going to give you all a little heads up. Some of you all do this, and we were so naive. For some reason, you all going to laugh at this. We had this idea that we were going to, we sold our house, we were going to move into that apartment, and in six months... Our house would be built and we'd be, I'd say y'all are laughing like you. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, were we in for a shock. In six months, we didn't even have, the guy hadn't even done the house plans yet. And then the property was wrong and so there was more going out was coming in. Every time you looked, you know, it was this and that and something else and then we bought, then we found the land we were going to use and so we still hadn't sold the other and so in the midst of that, of course, she's always saying, you know what, our giving, we got to give, and the Lord told me to do this, and how you feel about this, and I'm always on board when she speaks. It's like them old commercials. When E.F. Hutton speaks, because I know her heart, and I know she's going, and I'm with her. I'm, I'm going to get an agreement. And so we're giving tithes, and we're giving offerings. Well, in the midst of that, right in the midst of that, one Sunday morning, I was standing right up here, and I want to say it was 2020. And again, I say this to give you encouragement. If God tells you to sow in famine, sow in famine. We had a, a need that was coming up in just a few days and was going to be right at $7,000 at that particular time. We didn't have it. So we gave and gave. And when I was standing here, there was, it was a Sunday morning, and I've never told this to a soul except her, and uh, there was a family that was in transition. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, we need to be blessed. So here's the thing. I'm so glad I didn't have time to think about it, didn't have time to process it, didn't have time to do anything except say, yes, Lord. 
And in that instant, I was standing right here in this spot. God said, call them up, pray over them, and empty your wallet. And I don't remember how much I had, but I can promise you this, whatever it was, every penny counted. And, but you know what? It was just in that moment. The anointing of God was strong. Stuff was going on. And I emptied my wallet. Bless God. Hallelujah. I don't even remember. I don't know how much was in there. And I was like, then after the service was over, I was like, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tuesday's coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh. But let me tell you what happened. Monday morning, I get this. Somebody walks in and says, somebody walks in the office and says, this just happened. Somebody brought you a $10,000 offering. And I'm like, what? I said, are you sure? <laughs> Sorry. I said, are you sure? That's what they said. I said, well, you call them and you check and make sure. I don't want no, I don't want, it's not, like, wait, no, 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 no. Long story, but here's the thing. By the time all the taxes and everything were taken out of it, guess how much we ended up with? I want you to give God some praise. I want you to give God some praise in this house. I want you to know something. This is not about us. This is about Jehovah Jireh. He is no respecter of persons. When you sow in famine... Isaac knew what that looked like. He knew what it looked like to worship God in the way that they worship God. It was instilled in him. <laughs> and here's the thing. Everybody, everybody look up. Just a minute. Everybody, will you talk about money and you talk about prosperity? Let, let, me, let me tell you. I told you that story about that church that, that sent me in 1974, sent me $200 a month for a year. Folks, I want to be the one that's writing the checks. Man, I want to be the one. I want to be the one doing that. And we look for every opportunity we can to sow and to give and to bless and to encourage because I want our young people to be marked by the presence of Almighty God, marked by the moving of Almighty God. And watch this. Parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, when God does something in your life, tell them about it. Share it with them so they'll know. I'm telling you, the days of signs and wonders and miracles have not passed. He went to that land and he sowed in famine. And he reaped a hundredfold in that same year. And it may not happen the next week and it may not happen the next month. But I'm telling you, you will reap an abundant harvest because Isaac was marked by the revelation of Jehovah Jireh. And the Philistines got ticked at him. I'm not going to get very far in this message today. I can see that already because I want to pray over those who are battling and have people close to them who are. The only problem with Isaac getting, getting blessed like that was that uh, his wealth and his size bothered the Philistines and how do we know that it did because they said it did they said to him you're bigger than us please leave yeah. 
Sound to me like Isaac needed another circle. Just saying. I'm just saying. Only small people will be jealous and envious as you're blessed by God. So I'm telling you what. If it rubs the cat the wrong way, rubs the cat's fur the wrong way, turn the cat around. So keep increasing and just let God handle it. Don't get off in all that. There is no record that Isaac ever got in the middle of all of that stuff. He just kept getting blessed. Come on, church. Just keep on getting blessed. Keep on increasing and let God handle it. Not everybody's going to understand you. Not everybody's going to cheer you on. Not everybody will be glad when you are blessed. i got to tell this story because he's here this morning. i got to tell this story because he's here this morning. 1975, we were, we were a month away from getting married, or maybe six weeks away from getting married, and uh, we didn't know where we were going to live. I was janitor at the school. I didn't know if that job was going to continue. The job that I had then barely paid enough for me to get by, but we were six weeks away from getting married, and I remember Susan, she'd look at me, and she had a revelation of this a long time before anybody else did. She'd say, well, God's not poor. I was trying to let it filter down, but we didn't have a whole lot of teaching then. But listen, somebody said, you need to talk to, to Brother Dick. You need to talk to Brother Dick. He needs somebody over there. So I saw him one night after class and talked to him. And he said, well, yeah, I do need help. And, and I don't know if he talked to anybody else or not. But at, anyway, at some point, he said, won't you come over and, and meet with me and the deacons? So I did. I came over and I met with the deacons. And uh, some of the families of the deacons are still in this house, still in this church, and some of them watching online. And uh, they, they uh, bless God, Brother Dick said they, they were listening to him. He said, yeah, I want this kid, I want this guy. Uh, come on. So they hired me. Well, I, I, they, at least I interviewed, Terry. I interviewed, and your daddy was there, Miss Peggy. Brother Bill was there. And, uh, and I didn't know if I was going to get the job or not. Well, it was getting closer and closer and closer and closer to getting time to get married. Now, and we, I don't even know, I don't, we didn't know where we were going to live. Lord have mercy, I look back. If my kids had done some of this stuff, my kids did some of this stuff. I, look, I, I looked at Ryan across that table. Dad, we're moving to, we're living, we're moving to California. I said, where are you going to live? He said, we don't know. And he looked across that table at me and said, Dad, you're looking at me like i got three heads. I said, Son, I don't think you got one head. <laughs> oh, me of little faith. At any rate, it was just a few weeks before we get married, and I was in the dorm, and the payphone rang in the dorm, and one of the monitors said, It's Brother Scotty. It wasn't Brother Scott. Scotty, this call for you. I went and picked it up, and he said, Scotty, this is Brother Dick. You're hired. <laughs> oh, my God. But here's the thing. I hung that phone up, and there was two or three guys standing around in the lobby, and I said, guys, Brother Dick just hired me. They looked at me like, you he hired you. I thought, Lord, have mercy. They're going to get on the phone and sabotage. I thought about going in there and cutting the phone lines that night. 
Faith defies natural law. So when people, and listen, they, they looked at me like, man, you don't deserve that. Well, I know I, know I didn't deserve it. But I got, I got news for you. God is good. And God sees stuff inside of us that we don't even know is there. Man, I'm about to preach. Let me tell you what. God could look 49 years down the road and see us right here, right now, in this house with a family of believers and say, I, get, I, I, think, I'll, I, think, I'll, I think I'll put him out there because I believe he's got something in him that I can use. And he's saying that about you and about your family and about your family's family. My God, I wish somebody would get excited and give God praise in this house. Those things mark you. And they'll mark the generations just like they did Isaac. I've got to wrap this up. There's so much more I want to say. I'll say it next week. And yeah, and somebody told me, oh, it's Joe Kane Day next week. Well, it's Sunday. It's come to church Sunday. And listen, I'm not, again, I'm not preaching against that. I'm just saying we're going to have church. We're going to teach the Word. We're going to worship God. And you're going to get something that's going to be life-changing. And you're not going to leave here the same. So... Come on, we'll be right here. Hallelujah. Only small people will be jealous and envious as you're blessed by God. So keep increasing and let God handle it. Sometimes it's simply confirmation of your elevation. So just proceed. The Lord is with you and you will prevail. Oh my, what to, how, how can I end this? Because there's so much more I want to cover. Let me say this about Uncommon attacks. Uncommon attacks do come. But so does uncommon favor. <laughs> there are people that I'm sitting here and I'm looking across this audience. I'm looking across and I'm seeing you in, in the spirit also uh, there as you're watching online that nobody ever thought you'd ever get where you got. And I'm not saying you've, you've reached the pinnacle yet, but I'm just saying your life, your life, your lives. You know, I was, I was watching one of our young people worship today and, and just overwhelmed at the goodness and greatness of Almighty God that, that the generations are, are being able to be impacted. And, and there are people that, that never thought, you know, uh, that you'd get where you are, and that doesn't mean that it's, it's over yet. But just like uncommon attacks come, so does uncommon favor come. Even as sudden distractions occur, so will sudden blessings and resources. Because, and hear this, God wants to resource you for the calling that you have. Come on, church. I said God wants to resource you for the calling that you have. And for every destiny, there is a resource and there is a provision. And I pray, pray that you will, will get a hold of that. So here's how I'm going to close this out. And I'll pick this up next week and pick up on some of these things because here's, here's something I really wanted to get to today. I don't have time. But family. The way that you're raised, the way that you're brought up, your family, all of that. Man, there's, there's a revelation there that is just incredible, and I pray you'll stay with it and come back next week to get it. But right now, 
if you have or you have someone in your life that you're close to or that is, is heavy on your heart, now I've listed some of them today, but there's more. If you're going through an attack, uncommon attack, a uh, hard time, maybe it's a famine, maybe it's, it's money, uh, maybe it's your health, uh, maybe it's relationship stuff. I'm, I've been very, very aware, we've been very, very aware of, of health issues that have been uh, just relentless uh, against a lot of the uh, really, really good people of God. But if that's you, would, first of all, would you just stand up or you have somebody you want to stand up for? Would you just stand right where you are? I'm not trying to drag you to this altar right now. I'm just saying, there, I, I know in my spirit now, I'm just telling you, we keep our finger on the pulse of this church. Our intercessory group, we keep our finger on the pulse of this church. All right, now, just one more step. Come on up here and join me at the altar. But I want to speak over you. I'm not through. I'm not through. But y'all come on up here and join me at the altar. We sang about the altar today. Worship team, y'all come on back and just begin to worship over us. I pray you don't leave because I, I believe this is going to be a time of great breakthrough. I said a time of great breakthrough. So whether it's Courtney or whoever it is, all these names that I cannot... I, I can't possibly fathom to remember them all. But uh, I just want to first of all start by announcing and release over us that we've got some bad news for the enemy. Can I get an amen? I said we got some bad news for the enemy. And here it is. Just like those... those uh, that chapter in, in Isaac's life began in, really in Genesis 22, and he was so impacted by it. God, <laughs> that was God not only touching him at that point, but that was God preparing him to write the next chapter. So let me tell you what that means. In Jesus' name, for every believer and every one of you that are gathered across this house and those of you that are watching, the devil and the enemy doesn't get to write the next chapters of your destiny. Amen? He has no authority and no say-so in this. He do, in fact, I'll say this. He doesn't get to write any of the uh, coming chapters at all. Not just the next chapter, but any of them. So, in Jesus' name, here's what I say. I cancel the enemy's assignment for every person hearing or reading this who is willing to mix their faith with it. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'm asking you to stir up yourself and mix your faith <laughs> with it today. Amen? So the person and the people that are hearing this and are believing right now, in fact, let's just, let's just how, whatever mode you can put yourself in to just set your eyes on Jesus and on, the, on, on heaven right now, just do it. If you like to lift your hands, if you like to open your palms, you just, you just get comfortable like you like to do it. <laughs> Patty, the, the enemy doesn't get to write. He don't get to write no more of them chapters. And not for your seed either. And not for your, not for your seed. seed. He doesn't get to do that. You belong to Him. They belong to Him. 
So Satan, we remind you, devil, back off. I said, devil, back off. We cancel your assignments for every person gathered at this altar, every person hearing this, and every person seeing this online. And I declare and I decree that every person hearing this and believing and receiving this, you are blessed. You are healthy. You are strong in the Lord. And I declare that you are stepping into your best year yet. Lord, we believe for more in, in 2024, Father. Somebody with faith receive that and give God some praise right now. Let me give you some quick instructions. Guard your words. You hear me, church? Guard your words. Guard your heart. Guard your anointing. Guard your covenant. Next Sunday, we're going to take communion. I encourage you to take it every day. That's how you guard your covenant. You constantly keep in the front of your heart and mind what Jesus did for you on a daily basis. Guard your words. Guard your heart, your anointing, your covenant, your assignment. In Jesus' name, take all ungodly thoughts into captivity. Watch this. Make no room for ungodly communication of any kind. Now, I heard a testimony this week, and I think it's a person that's associated, maybe, I don't know if it's Faith Academy or somebody somebody in the general family here across the... And uh, they got very, very seriously ill. And they were in a coma in the hospital for a while. I mean, like a month or two. And... Uh, after they, long story, but they got healed. They got raised up. They got out. But now here's something that they said that is powerful. They said, well, while I was laying in that hospital bed, and I was unconscious as far as everybody knew, they said, but when the doctors would come in and people would gather around and they would start telling them they're probably not going to make it, you need to do this and you need to do that I could hear them and here's the counsel that they gave I absolutely understand doctors work with what they have to work with that's not the point I'm trying to make here is the point I'm trying to make they said I would tell everybody that's in that situation if the doctors want to talk to you step outside the room and let them communicate so that you don't have to as you're laying there and you literally cannot move so that you don't have to deal with those words. I'm just telling you what they said. And I totally get it. I, I get it. Doctors deal with what they have to deal with. But here's the thing, church. The reason all of this is so important is because we are dealing with people in this house right now across the spectrum that literally they cannot pray out loud or move a muscle and fight for themselves. So they got to have a family 
who will guard their words and stand and fight with them and for them. Can I get an amen? Prayer and intercession has never been more important than it is right now. Guard your words. Take all ungodly thoughts captive. Make no room for ungodly communication of any kind. Cancel every misspoken word quickly. Cast it down. In Jesus' name, I pronounce that the curse cannot and will not have you or your children or your grandchildren or your seed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Will not. Remain focused. Stay close to Jesus. Maintain your holy awe and fear of the Lord. And as you do that, the blessing of the Lord will overtake you. You will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. And all that you put your hand to will prosper. Your seed is about to bring a harvest like you've never seen. The seed of your word, the seed of your prayer, the seed of your giving, the seed of your faith, the seed of your obedience to God is about to bring a harvest like you've never seen. God is taking you deeper in His Word, deeper in understanding, deeper in the Spirit, in preparation for going higher in your life. Yes. Yes. Father, I pray now for every bondage of the enemy to be broken. And Father, as we, as we navigate these times, I thank you that we are learning, we are growing, that you're leading us into right relationships. Boy, this is specifically for somebody. And out of wrong relationships. I pray that there will be no ability for anybody that has uh, ungodly soul ties to latch on to any person and take them any place that is not designed by you for them to go, God. I command in Jesus' name, you loose them and let them go. And I break every ungodly soul tie in your life, in your children's life, in your grandchildren's life, in every relationship, every ungodly soul tie be broken and cast down in Jesus' name. You will not have them. Every ungodly religious ruler or leader who would try to usurp authority for their advantage to take uh, captive people, uh, Father, for uh, fleshly, sinful things, in Jesus' name, I declare, you will not allow them to be submitted to that kind of care. Thank you, Lord. And so we thank you for it, Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, as we walk through this chapter, that you're going to speak to our hearts, you're going to speak to our lives. Oh, I got, I got it. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to say this, but I got to get into it. Sarah, I, was, I wasn't going to talk about Sarah, but I got to talk about Sarah for just a minute. Sarah was about 90 years old when she gave birth. Now, I realize they lived longer, but I'm telling you, it's still miraculous. Completely, totally, completely miraculous. And I suddenly realized 
that the reason that could happen for Sarah was that there had to be a quickening in her body. I said there had to be a quickening in her body. Because normally, naturally, at 90, you don't have babies. There's got to be something happened that quickened her body. Well, there's a scripture that we quote, but we don't think about much. Because, you know, folks, listen, our bodies matter. Okay, we'll say that again. As long as we're on this earth, our bodies do matter. I see right now I'm going to have to read this scripture. It'll take me a minute to, uh, it's in Romans 8, 11. You know it. What's this? Here's what I'm saying. Sarah was 90 years old when she had Isaac. She had lived through women at that time, listen, bought and sold, trafficked. King saw her, he wanted her. There she is. Of course, God divinely intervened. Thank God he did. But she, you know, we forget this about Sarah. She'd lived through a lot. So at 90, she she has a son later in life. Come on, somebody. I said she had a son later in life. And you might be 35, but it's still later in life. You might be 85. It's later in life. She had a son later in life. Everybody say later in life. Are you ready? Here comes your word. Here's the word. It's not too late for you. I said it's not too late for you. You have not been through too much. God is quickening you like He did Sarah. He's quickening you like He did Sarah. Stay with me. You're going to produce and be blessed and you're going to bear much fruit. Your ladder can still be greater. How do you base that, Brother Scotty? Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. How many of you are born again? Same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, everybody listen, quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. You just cruise and get quickened. She understands that. He will quicken your mortal bodies by the same by his spirit that dwells in you. So let me tell you what quicken means. It means to, in the Greek, it's uh, revitalize. Revitalize. How many of you could use some revitality? I'm all over this. 
Revitalize, it means to revitalize, it means to make alive, and it means to give life. Quicken your what? Your mortal body. So I declare and I decree in Jesus' name that there's an anointing that is released now for those who have been dealing with physical things that is going to cause our bodies to be revitalized, quickened, made alive, and it is not too late. You haven't been through too much. There are still good things to come. So everybody that wants to mix their faith with that, say, that's me. And you might be having some physical issues in your body and be 25 or 30. Yes, this is, listen, I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, there is a fresh, fresh, oh, i got to stop. I, we'll, get, we'll get back to it next week. But, folks, I'm telling you something. Before this is over, I am decreeing by faith that we're going to be marked by miracle after miracle after miracle and just like testimonies that we've heard it's going to be testimony after testimony after testimony see let me let, look, look up here real quick when it comes to money how many, how many you know every kingdom whether every nation every kingdom has an economy did y'all hear that every kingdom in other words you go to you go to Saudi Arabia, they got an economy. You go to wherever, they've got an economy. And the United States has an economy. Every kingdom has an economy. Well, I'm going to tell you what we're hitching our wagon to. I'm not hitching my wagon to the economy of the United States. I'm not hitching my wagon to the economy of any other nation in the world. I am hitching my wagon to the economy of heaven, to the economy of the kingdom of God. And Doc, I tell you what, if drought or famine were to show up, if things were to go bad, and I'm not saying that everything's going to be hunky-dory, but what I am saying is this. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God who makes a way where there is no way. We serve a God who will give us a word in the midst of it all to sow in famine and says we will reap a hundredfold return. So I'm saying we are going to believe in the goodness of God, in the glory of God, and we're going to see the economy of heaven flourish in our lives. Somebody say, increase! Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.